Danny's going to tell you a story. Okay. Because it was really funny and I can't, I can't, that's not my story to tell. So I want to, I want to know. Everybody gets to hear Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Crisp and clear. Okay. Should I scream and breathe into the mic just so you know how Danny feels? (laughs) No, you should. (laughs) Hello, everybody. This is Danny. (laughs) This is very weird for me. Uh, But Cassie wanted me to tell this story. So the other weekend we went to the beach mm-hmm. and I had to use the restroom. So I popped back there while Cassie's just playing on her phone, waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And the bathroom was empty. And then I bust the door open and almost bust it into this little 10 year old girl. <laughs> and, you know, we both go, oh, oh, excuse me, you know, to each other. And she keeps walking back to the the other stall mm-hmm. and comes popping out of the stall and goes, Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> Even for a kid, no, not a kid, a middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeds to try to have a conversation with me the entire time we're in the bathroom. <laughs> Like, comes out, and I'm washing my hands still, because I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes out, and she's washing her hands, and I've got the water too hot, so I'm, like, <laughs> trying to rinse my hands <laughs> off and failing miserably and just whatever. And I've got freaking soap up to my elbows, because mm-hmm. I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm rinsing it all off underneath the mm-hmm. underneath the, the sink and, and the faucet, and she comes out, and she goes, oh, what, did you get soap all over the place? <laughs> Go. Nope. I just, just went too far. I always do. <laughs> she goes something along the lines of, oh, don't we all? <laughs> she knows. She's, she's been to middle school. She's lived a long she's, life. She, yeah, exactly. She's. She's got experiences. She's, she's seen things. She wants to tell the stranger yeah. in the bathroom all about it. Yes. But she was such a good conversationalist. Like, I'm there just, like, awkwardly going, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no personality in my voice. Very little engagement with this girl. And she was just so good. At just like, hey, how's it going? Just, like, just having a conversation and small talk. And... I come out of the bathroom and I tell Cassie, I was like, did you see that little girl come out? She was like, no. I was like, I swear there was one there. (laughs) She could have been a ghost. There hasn't been children in 25 years. Did you see her again? No, I never did. And I even looked for her at the tables as we were walking out to see if she was there. And I never saw her. But as I was telling, recapping this story to Cassie, I was like, I'm just blown away by this little girl and how just like social and outgoing she is. And here I am, an adult and who can't even engage with his child, (laughs) middle schooler. And I was like, she makes me want to be a better person. (laughs) heartwarming thing like i've ever heard it was so cute (laughs) that feels like crap 
That feels like a like storyline. Like yeah. a ghost comes and is just like, "Hello, I'm uh, here to help you." It was so cute. I was like, "What?" And then we talked about it for like ten minutes in the car after we left the restaurant. She's profoundly moved. I'm, we're telling it now. It's so cute. Uh, that's so great. That's that. Hello, everyone. Hello. This is that broad's got Moxie. It sure is. I'm Kiana. I'm Cassie. That was Danny. That was Danny. That everybody heard for the first time. Like, in, in a mic. In the mic. Yeah. I mean, she's peanut gallery. Yep. Get comments all the time. <laughs> Usually inappropriate ones. <laughs> what was the nickname that we came up with her for her oh. last night? Uh, Dan Van Dam Barsan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because her middle name is Van Dam. Yeah. <laughs> We also contemplated changing her middle name to Valkyrie, mm-hmm. which was also fun. <laughs> Badass. Uh, well, it's, it's it's October. Woo! We're so excited. Going apple picking on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've recorded. It has, yeah. We've had two two weekends without. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of those weekends, I was we, at a wedding. Uh-huh. With Fern, Fern and Bridget, Fern and Bridget's wedding, and Fern does listen to this podcast. Yeah, and I just want to let her know that I had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I still talk about it. I all saw the time. all the Instagram pictures. <laughs> it was so great. Keeks told us how sweaty she was when they were done dancing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I danced. She had to wring her bra out. <laughs> yeah, that was just sopping wet. Gross. It was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Sounds really terrible. So Levi's pants were wet too. From his whole body was sweating. Cute. <laughs> Just really getting those behind the knee sweats. Yeah. Truly. Gross. <laughs> I talked to my mom about it, and mm-hmm. she's like, "That sounds like a lot of fun." You know, back in my day, you had to like dance with a partner, and like, like you couldn't yeah, go yeah. on the dance floor without them. And I was like, "That sounds like an actual nightmare." The way yes. my body moves. <laughs> Cannot be contained by another person holding me back. It's a true story. Sorry. I got it. Is this better? Close enough. Okay. But their their wedding was very nice. And everybody around them is super nice and genuine. Oh, that's lovely. It was so lovely to be around. Their Costco run was fucking bananas. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Are we preparing for something that I don't know about? I went to fill up my water bottle in the kitchen mm-hmm. during all the festivities, yeah. and I looked over, and there were a shit ton of muffins. <laughs> there were so many Costco muffins out the yin-yang. <laughs> and Costco muffins are so good. Yeah. I had pumpkin spice ones. Ooh. Mm. That sounds delicious. Congratulations, Fern. Congratulations, Fern and Bridget. You yeah. guys are great. I really want to meet them. They're being, in, they're invited to like every party from here on out. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're here now and yeah. not, they were in Australia. Not for good. F- for, for longer. For a hot minute. Yeah. Okay. For longer than where they, they usually settle. Okay. Cause they're, they're little jet setters. They're just all over the place. Yeah. But I think they're going to be here, Fern said, like four or five years. Nice. So. Solid. It'll be the same amount of time we're here until we pack up and move to London. That's the, that is what you say. <laughs> Perfect. So, it is... I'm behind on my, our list again, so I don't know what the fuck episode this is. 35? 36? 
35. 35? Okay. So I go first because it is odd. You always go first. That's untrue. It's 50% because we switch. I know that. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> I don't always go first. Right. Just to be clear. Like it was very okay. unfair for you to say that. <laughs> okay. So okay. because it's October, mm-hmm. we're doing... We're we're gonna go a little spooky, sure. Yes, a little haunted. Yep. And tis the season. Tis the season. Mine's not like scary, but okay. it is within the realm of perfect paranormal. Look, that's all I'm asking for. It's October. We mm-hmm. just need to be a little unusual. We have a theme. Yes, for we the do. month because we love. We love this. we love we love <laughs> fall and Halloween and everything. I'm putting my decorations up today. Hell yeah! So today I'm going to talk to you about Dr. Thelma Moss. Mm. So I don't know who that is. First, my sources. Okay, you're about to learn who she is. Hold on, hold on <laughs> to your hats. <laughs> so, um, Thelma Mo- Thelma Moss's obituary in the Guardian, CypressUK.com. An article by Sean Green in the Daily Bruin, and an article called Legacy's End, The Rise and Fall of UCLA's Parapsychology Lab by Dr. Barry Taff. Ooh. And no Wikipedia, because Sage said I used it for everything, and now I'm not gonna, <laughs> to spite him. <laughs> so I hope you're happy, Sage. Sage, don't worry, I'm still going to. <laughs> Neither of the stories that we're talking about today, because we're recording two, That's right. have Wikipedia as a source. Because I'm a spiteful woman. <laughs> Sage seizes. <laughs> okay. So there's a podcast that I listen to called And That's Why We Drink. Uh-huh. Told you about it. Yep. And their whole shtick is that they tell one ghost story and then one, cru- one true crime story. Each episode, which I like a lot because it covers two of my interests, death and what people be up to after death. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one episode, they mentioned the infamous UCLA Parapsychology Research Lab, which I had never heard of before. Have you? Have you? Um, yes, a little bit. Um, just from, like, m- different movies. Yeah. And also, like, reading it and a couple different things. Yeah. So. So, I hadn't heard of it. So, it piqued my interest. And after the episode, I looked into... I looked into it, and basically what it was, for those of you who don't know, it was a research group funded by UCLA where a small team was free to explore things like clairvoyance, pre-recognition, psychokinesis, and all things paranormal. (laughs) And, like, not thinking about it too hard, that's, like, wild for an academic institution at the caliber of UCLA to be like, yeah, look into ghosts. Let's (laughs) see what we can fucking fine yeah like treat it as like an actual like scientific inquiry and i just thought that was the bee's knees Mm -hmm. and the funnest of facts is that it was directed by abroad with moxie and it was dr thelma moss fuck yeah that's awesome okay so before we get into that dr thelma moss was born thelma schnee january 6th 1918 in connecticut she did the whole child the childhood things that kids do but then she grew up and graduated from carnegie tech and went oh. to pres- went to pursue a career in acting and script writing for film and television interesting and the reason why i 
there's nothing about her childhood is because I couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know. She kids she things. grew up. She did those things. She scraped her knees. She went to grade school. Yeah. She figured it out. So she's script writing now. And she found success. And acting. So she found success in this career and went on to become a founding member of the Actors Studio in New York. And appeared on several Broadway productions. Most notably of her script writing endeavors, she co-wrote the film Father Brown, which was a mystery comedy starring Alec Guinness. And she co-wrote the film Colossus of New York, which was a sci-fi horror thriller starring Mala Powers, Otto Kruger, and Ross Martin. Mm, okay. Yes. yes. She was happily married to, during this time in her life to a man that apparently has no name, according to my very in-depth research. <laughs> and together they were expecting a daughter who took the family name of her father, which is also no name because I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> um, but then I was really thinking about it, and her, her husband's last name was obviously Moss. Yeah. Because she, it's not her maiden name. Yeah. But whatever his first name was, couldn't find it. Alan. Alan. Okay. Alan Marie Moss. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I like it. That's a direct joke from My Favorite Murder, just so <laughs> nobody thinks I'm stealing that. But I think it's the funniest <laughs> joke that they... <laughs> God damn it, Karen Kilgariff. Everybody's middle name is Marie. <laughs> Shut up. Mine is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, mine's Renee, so it's not that... Fair. You, I think you mean Van Dam. Oh yeah, Van Dam. Shit, <laughs> shit. Dan Van Dam Barsan. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, two days after the birth of Little No Name, Father No Name died of cancer. Jesus. And Thelma, who had spent much of her life suffering from depression, took his death very, very hard, and had a hard time being around her daughter also because mm -hmm. she associated her daughter with death. Yeah. So her depression was very difficult to handle and on two separate occasions she had attempted suicide. Um, her depression, in addition to losing her support system, also affected her creativity and she began producing, quote, slick, fi slick fiction for which she was getting very well paid. Hmm. Which is basically just like, I'll write this garbage that right. everybody likes to consume yep, and yep. it won't be it's not a masterpiece but i'm gonna get it done quick and get paid yeah. for it colossus of new york the um, it was kind of it's interesting because it was a sci-fi thriller and it was about a man's brain that got implanted into like an alien robot okay and it was like at the time of the golden age of like horror film uh-huh so it was really like really good and like yeah so to go from that to just like bubblegum like mm -hmm. tv mm-hmm was too too bad um she also at this time entered into a relationship with a man that was quote complicated um mm. and this was just like a fairly low point in her life and she was determined to change it so she was done living like mm -hmm. that so a while back when she was working on father brown she read the book the doors of perception by aldous huxley which have you heard of Hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of that book. I've heard Aldous Huxley. Yeah. So his big thing and what that book also was, was documenting the use of clinical LSD treatment. And, oh, okay. And what it could do for the old noggin. Mm-hmm. So she wanted the treatment back then because she was suffering from depression. And then even, like, 
after all of this, she was like, okay, but I really want it now. But doctors pretty much refused to let her undergo these experimental treatments until they were finally persuaded by her confession of sexual frigidity. (laughs) Sexual frigidity. (laughs) I can say it. Um, Which, like, big eye roll. Right. Like, hey, I'm depressed. Hey, I probably also have postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I need help. That's not a good reason, but... Hey, I'm not super into boning. Right. Doctor's foaming at the mouth. Let's get her some LSD. Let's get her going. <laughs> Take care of this. God forbid we wouldn't want that to happen. This is so bad for society. Ugh, trash. Gosh. Yeah. But anyways, she got what she wanted. Um, and she was approved to undergo these treatments. And man, oh man, did she discover some shit about herself. <laughs> <laughs> and we know about this shit that she discovered about herself because she documented it in the best-selling book titled Myself and I under the pseudonym Constance Newland. Mm, that and sounds interesting as fuck. I looked into buying the book uh-huh. and the only copy that I found was like a hundred dollars. Oh shit. So I don't think it's in print anymore. Uh-huh. But chapter headings included the return of the full bladder, the bitten off nipple, and the scared spermatozoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, she underwent about a dozen uh, therapy or LSD sessions mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills and discovered murderist, perverted, cannibalistic, sadistic, and masochistic tendencies about herself. With LSD treatments, there's this basic idea that there's reality. Yes. And then there's the psychic reality where LSD takes you. Okay. And so the psychic reality tells you things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then with l- more treatments, you address that psychic reality in... Okay. And, like, how it affects your actual reality. Okay. So, let me start again. She wrote, I did enjoy and admire the male body in reality. In psychic reality, I loathed and feared it. Uh, after seeing her father naked, she was lumbered with a mutilation complex mm-hmm. at a young age. Sure. And this is an excerpt from the book. Quote, my teeth, my teeth. I have killer teeth. That's why my teeth are so sensitive. When I heard myself cry these words, I sat up, shocked by my killer teeth and shocked by my fantasized act of castration. Oh, shit. So <laughs> she had in her psychic reality. Uh-huh. She was, she was biting off some stuff. Sure was. And so she was like, you know, I got to address that. <laughs> <laughs> There's some deep-seated shit you need to deal with. Yeah. And there was a lot of other stuff also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting if you want to... What was, did I write down the source? Oh, the psychpressuk.com, I believe, is okay. the source that I had that had a bunch of excerpts from her book. Fascinating. And in the wake of those discoveries about herself... Mm-hmm. All of those. Uh, she lost her fear of dentists. <laughs> mm. The clicking in her neck and throat stopped. Arm tensions and her dislike of ticking clocks in the bedrooms also ended. Interesting. Yeah. She also, while she was there, achieved transcendent sexual fulfillment. Quote, before therapy, I was always groping. The futile groping it was for the man who would fill the void within me. I no longer want a man just like the man who married dear old mom. Does that make sense? <laughs> a little bit. So basically, so basically homegirl. She had an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, my eyes have been opened <laughs> and she to the did possibilities. It. And she did it 
on her on her own. So she was like, a man, not in my life. Fuck him. <laughs> Who needs him? <laughs> I am self-satisfied. Exactly. And she was like, how was I living my life before this? <laughs> Took a few LSD no wonder trips. she's fucking happy now. She's like, I'm learning some shit. I'm feeling myself. Everything's Literally fine. And f- mentally <laughs> feeling myself. Everything's fantastic. Whoop, whoop. Um, so her, it's affected her a lot. <laughs> and her life now had a different meaning. <laughs> Understandably. And she was now inspired by this alternative healing. So she went back to college to get her doctorate degree in psychology. And she eventually earned a professorship at UCLA. Wow. Yeah. So she was like, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's learn more. Um... During this time, she also became preoccupied by the concepts of the physical reality and the psychic reality and focused on bioenergy, parapsychology, healing, levitation, ghosts, hypnosis, and most famous, Kirlian photography. Mm. Um, It was also during this time that she became the director of the UCLA Parapsychology Lab. Very cool. That's that's (laughs) rad. Uh, the lab was located on the fifth floor of the former Neuropsychiatric Institute at UCLA's Center for Health and Sciences. And the, all of the work that was being done depended on the work of a group of young volunteers under Moss's tutelage. From the beginning, it had a rough start uh, finding its footing and being taken seriously. And in 1974, Thelma and her associates were ready to publish a formal study titled A Laboratory Investigation of Telepathy, The Study of a Psychic. However, they found it extremely difficult to find a peer-reviewed journal that would publish it. Yeah, they're like, uh, (laughs) you're a bunch of quacks, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. Um, Not only that, when they did find someone who was like, yeah, we'll we'll publish it, we'll put Uh it in our journal... The neuropsychological data collected was so different than what people were used to that, like, the journal was automatically assumed that the way they were collecting data Mm -hmm. was wrong. Like, it was either, like, malfunctioning or, like, they needed a repair, like, the tools that they were using. Gotcha. And so that meant their results were, at best, artifactual. Mm -hmm. And so the journal refused to publish portions of the study, so... Even though they got it published, it was kind of Frankenstein together. Yeah, and then exactly. Published. And not in a cohesive way that they were like, no, no, no. This is how we did it. And they're like, well. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. When the lab first opened, Thelma focused mostly on the study of clairvoyance and spooky ghosts. Mm-hmm. And she, they often were called to like haunted houses. Mm-hmm. And then they would do, they would set up, you know. Uh-huh. The first, like, ghost hunter style stuff mm-hmm. to try and communicate. Awesome. But after reading Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain by Ostrander and Schroeder in 1971, she switched her focus to Kirlian photography. Kirlian, Kirlian photography is a high voltage, high frequency, and extremely low amperage process that was applied to an electrode covered in a protective dielectric in order to take pictures. Okay. It's a lot of words. Don't know what any of them mean. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. That was a straight copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this makes sense. But basically what it took pictures of was, what she thought it took pictures of was the human aura. That's, I was like, as soon as you said this 
what's the type of photography it's called? Kirlian. I might Kirlian. be pronouncing it wrong. No, I think that's right. I was okay. like, that's auras. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> so the way the, the picture operated, there were lights and colors coming off of the body mm-hmm. or like sometimes there would be like, it looked like it was coming from people's fingertips. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, damn, this is it. I'm, this is the real deal. I got to look into this. That's cool shit. <laughs> so she started pursuing studying that and her studies allowed her to go behind the iron curtain oh. on several occasions. Wow. Which is a huge deal. And many people around the world came to see her studies of it. There was no denying that Thelma was a very skilled clinical psychologist, but she had no knowledge of photography, electronics, physics, electrophysiology, or biophysics, (laughs) which is an issue (laughs) when studying this stuff. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't know what that is. (laughs) Basically. Um, And so she was totally, like, out of her element in terms of investigating any paranormal linkage to the actual pictures. Mm. So... The stuff that she was talking about in terms of, like, human aura and stuff, uh-huh. she had knowledge of that. Sure. The the fact that people were able to take pictures of it, mm-hmm. she didn't know how to link the two. Okay. Gotcha. And it's been debunked. You you can't take... That's not what's happening in those photos. Yeah, but they look real cool. They look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they look really cool. So even though she didn't know about a lot of the stuff that you're supposed to know about, Mm -hmm. um, she fixated on the topic and it caused her to lose any invested interest in other parapsychological interests, which is not great. Mm -hmm. Um, Her obsession caused her to lose her job uh, because she, like, no longer was even making attempts to publish. Uh She was just like, nah, I'm not into it. Okay. And in 1978, the lab was shut down. Mm. Um, she continued her work privately and even worked as an advisor for films. So she came back into the film industry and advised f- for the movies The Exorcist, oh, Poltergeist, and Ghost. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some very drastically different films. <laughs> I, when I read the list, I was like, those all make sense together. And then I was like, what's, I figured Ghost was like an old timey horror movie. And then I looked it up and I was like, hold on, wait, no, this is the Patrick Swayze movie. (laughs) (laughs) That brilliant piece of film that everyone loves. And then I was like, I guess it's paranormal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, that's good. But like a little part of me still thinks that maybe there's like a low budget horror film called ghost Uh, yeah but also another part of me is like she probably worked on ghost (laughs) (laughs) so that's what she did until she suffered a massive cerebral aneurysm in the late 1980s that required a lengthy surgery and prolonged rehabilitation goodness gracious yeah so the severe The severe physical damage and trauma to her brain left her in a mental state where she frequently confounded past and present and had almost no long-term memory and a severely impacted short-term memory. So she was, she couldn't do what she was doing before. Yeah, exactly. Um, And on the 1st of February in 1997, she died at the age of 79. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, shit. Yeah. I liked her a lot. That's really <laughs> cool. She, um, her book about LSD treatments and stuff, mm-hmm. some, well, what I read about it, some considered better mm-hmm. and more interesting than what Aldous Huxley had written about. Oh. And also there was another person who wrote about it during uh-huh. that time. Um, but it was taken less seriously because she was a middle-aged woman woman mm-hmm. writing about it. But Naturally. I really want to read it. Too that bad it's a hundred dollars. Really interesting. I'm, I might be able to do some more research to see if there's a book. Yeah, that's out there that's not as no. That's super cool. Also, the okay. Two thoughts. Mm-hmm. First thought. I think the there is something to parapsychology. Mm-hmm clairvoyance, etc. I think there are far too many people in the world who have who poo-poo it. Who poo-poo it. But I think there's also too many people in the world who have these genuine abilities Mm -hmm. that there's something to it. Like, we only know a tiny amount about the earth about the human body, mm-hmm. about our brains. There is something in there, but too yeah. many people poo-poo it, and I am yeah. I am all for it. <laughs> Let's study it. The, what was the second thought? Um, before we go on to uh-huh, number, uh-huh. The, the second thought, the number two, if you will, <laughs> the poo-poo, if you will. <laughs> um, they, I'd forget if it was the UCLA lab or if it was some other study, but there is this idea that the ghosts that we, like, see mm-hmm. aren't actually, like, ghosts as we, like, massively okay. understand it. Uh-huh. They are brain impressions left oh. places, and that some people, there's, like, some chemical or some okay. process in the brain that some people just are more apt to pick up those imprints uh-huh. that have been left. And that's why some people, like, they can see ghosts or, Mm -hmm. and I just think that's really interesting. It's so, it's fascinating. Yeah. Just the idea that ghosts aren't ghosts as we think about it, Uh but it's something more that our brain brain manifests. Yeah. As opposed to something outside of us that we're seeing. Yeah. And, like, there's a reason why, like, there's a certain age group that's more likely to be affected by poltergeists. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, it if that if it happens so many times to mm-hmm. a certain amount of group, mm-hmm. like a certain group, exactly how it could be a coincidence, but, but it's like probably not. But like also, what if it's not a coincidence? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like why aren't we? Also, also, tell me <laughs> <laughs> the. Oh, I wish I remembered more words. <laughs> I wish I was more articulate. There is the idea of, you know, when like little kids remember yes. old, like older past people. Life. Pa- yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was a scientist and I'm forgetting his name, but he was like, yeah, I don't believe in ghosts and much other stuff like that, but we should probably look into the fact that little kids remember past lives. Yeah. That can be like corroborate corroborated by history it's a fucking nuts it blows my mind 
I really want to look into it. It's another one of those universal mysteries that I'm like, I can't I can't spend too much time on this because <laughs> I'll just I'll start living in a hut in the mountains with <laughs> like yeah. no, that's just a lot of books. <laughs> oh, the second thought I had. Yes. Um using LSD and and or what's it? Mm, Psychosilabin? Psy- mushrooms mushrooms i can't i can't remember the long word yeah that is the stuff in magic mushrooms that they're now using to treat different uh like mental illnesses and depression and stuff Mm -hmm. is just so cool Mm -hmm. i think it's just it's really fascinating i think i don't think i know a lab in the UK just recently got funding to use LSD as treatment for um, alcoholism. Really? Yeah. They talked about it. I listen to the BBC News podcast every morning. And they talked about that. That's really cool. And But <laughs> it's kind of funny because at the end of it, they were like, just to be clear, don't self-treat. <laughs> like, if you think you're an alcoholic, don't go and do LSD. Like, it has to be in the right. clinical environment. <laughs> Let's Like, if we're going to do this crazy shit that's going to turn your brain inside out, do it with professionals. Yeah, and, like, have a therapist nearby because mm-hmm. you got to talk some shit out. Like, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> it was just really funny. That's really cool. Oh, I like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what am I talking about today? I don't know. You tell me. Hi, hold on, my papers. Are Who are you together. talking about? Oh, <laughs> so I was inspired because it's super spooky October. Mm-hmm. So I was, expi- I was expired. Expired? You died? <laughs> Say Cassie's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually a ghost. I'm a brain impression. <laughs> Full circle, bitches. Okay. So I was inspired by when you told a story specifically about the Malaysian, like, ghosts and monsters. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, that was just, like, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else I can find <laughs> around the rest of the world. Ooh. And so um, <laughs> I just, you know, grabbed a couple that I thought were interesting and fun. Let's do it. I would like to point out real quick... How much I love that as as a people, as mm-hmm. the entire, like, worldwide, mm-hmm. as humans, we, every single culture around the world has these stories mm-hmm. that are stories to scare you for one reason or another, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be to keep children from being out at night mm-hmm. or to keep women from being out at night. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's these really, these really great spooky monsters and ghosts mm-hmm. and stuff in in every culture. And I just think it's a really yeah. Like a fun, interesting way that we're all connected. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. But like how similar all of them are. Exactly. And how old some of them are. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they have no attachment. Like this couldn't have been passed in exactly. the way like we, like the internet connects us now. Mm-hmm. But like every culture has like a vampire story. Exactly. Every culture has 
a, a weeping a, woman. A weeping woman. Mm-hmm. Every culture has like a water spirit mm-hmm. of of one of one type or another. Mm-hmm. Like there's it, it's just wild. Yeah. How it it doesn't matter where in the world you know you are. You are. Mm-hmm. There's always something that you can connect to every other place. Yeah. Because of fear. Yeah. <laughs> Something deep in our brain that's like, you know what's scary? Blood sucking. Exactly. <laughs> Exsanguination. Oh, hello, science. <laughs> I told you I'm super smart. I didn't I didn't disbelieve you. you. It's true. It's true you didn't. Okay. So let's just jump in. So first we're going to Egypt. Hello, right. Egypt. Hello, Egypt. We love you. Um, we actually have a listener in Egypt. At least one, which is really wow. cool. <laughs> so, shout out to our one listener in Egypt. Hello. So, the first monster I'm going to talk about is Amit. Um, and Amit is actually a demoness hmm. and a goddess in the ancient Egyptian religion. She has a body that is part lion part hippopotamus, and part crocodile. It's a fun mix. I'm not sure in which, <laughs> like, <laughs> which, you know. I liked, in my mind, mm-hmm. it is a hippo head. Fun. Okay. Crocodile body. Uh-huh. Lion legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fun. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even a lion tail. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that, too. So basically, it's a com- she's a combination of the three largest, like, man-eating animals known to the Egyptians, mm-hmm. which is very accurate. Those are all very dangerous creatures. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a funerary deity, and her titles include um, Devourer of the Dead, mm-hmm. Eater of Hearts, and The Great Death. Oh. So, Amit lived near the Scales of Justice in Duat, which is the Egyptian underworld. So, in the Hall of Two Truths, Anubis, mm-hmm. the god, you know, the god of the dead, mm-hmm. weighs the heart of a person after they die against the feather of Maat, who is the goddess of truth. Okay. So, she it's basically like in the scales of life, heart on one side, a big ostrich feather on the other side. And if the heart is judged to be impure, Amit then, like, has it for a snack mm-hmm. and devours it. <laughs> <laughs> and the person whose heart it was, like, who's being judged, mm-hmm. um, will not be allowed to convin- to excuse me, to continue their voyage towards Osiris and immortality. So oh. if, if, if you're judged that your heart's impure... Mm-hmm. You're fucked. Yeah. Like, you're just going <laughs> to hang out in, you know, some kind of limbo for it, a long time. It feels a little unfair because an ostrich feather is always going to be lighter than a exactly. human heart. <laughs> I feel like it's just setting you but up for failure. A- <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. So, once Amit swallows the heart, the soul is believed to become restless forever. And this, like, this happening mm-hmm. is, like, basically be, it's called, like, to die a second time. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It sounds like a real mm-hmm. bummer. 
So Amit, even though she was a goddess, she was not worshipped. Instead, <laughs> she embodied everything that the Egyptians feared. <laughs> <laughs> That's a um, bad bitch. <laughs> that's a real bad bitch. So be, her just existence, you know, is threatened to bind all of these people to eternal restlessness if they did not follow, like, the religious principles of Ma'at. Hmm. And so she's great. <laughs> I love her. I love her look. <laughs> I love that she eats people's hearts and is mm-hmm. like, look, I'm going to take care of business. And then... If you're a shitty person, you're just going to keep dying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Where are we What's, going now? Where are we oh, going? Now we're going... Well, I suppose you can get there by going east or west, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cir- circular. It's a, it's, it's a globe. A, it's a ball. Um, just kidding. The earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> flat earthers unite. <laughs> Also, don't vaccinate your kids. Oh, God. Monsters. I'm just trying to be as <laughs> heinous as possible. I appreciate that. It really, it feels appropriate for this episode. Yeah. Okay. So, we're now going to the Philippines. Hello. Hello, Philippines. Philippines. We don't have any listeners in the Philippines. Well, we then. Checked. We don't. Well, then. Fuck you. Get <laughs> I'm just kidding. Aggressive. <laughs> Philippines. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Please listen to us and don't hate us. Okay. So, the Philippines. In the Philippines, there is a vengeful demon called the Batty Bat. I heard that yeah, swallow. Could, Jesus. Could you hear that swallow on the A full Sorry. gulp. I was just sipping that tea. You did not sip it. You like, gulp, gulp, gulp. Wow. <laughs> It was an accident. I was trying to be quiet, so I, like, down the hatch, and it was so loud. <laughs> this is the loudest thing I've ever heard. I'm sitting four feet away from you, and was like, I'm sorry, did that come from your body? <laughs> Tell me about the batty bat. Okay, the batty bat. <laughs> She's a vengeful demon found in the Ilocano folk- folklore. The batty bat are said to be... The cause, uh, it, there's this fatal nocturnal disease called, mm, bangungat. Mm-hmm. Bangungat, I think is how you say it. That's how I'm going to say it. But she's supposedly the cause of this. Okay. So, a batty bat takes the form of a huge old fat woman that lives inside of trees. Mm. <laughs> so, not sure how she's getting inside trees. They're really old trees. Just really old, big dead trees? Yeah. (laughs) Sequoias. (laughs) She's actually in the California redwoods. (laughs) Exactly. She's definitely not in the mangroves of the Philippines. Um, So they come in contact with humans when the tree that they live in is cut down and made into, like, support posts and stuff for houses. Okay. So... When their house is, you know, when their tree is cut down, uh, they then, like, hide. I don't know. They, like, shrink down into their little tiny demon forms. Mm-hmm. And they hide in the little holes. Like, the little knots. Yeah. Almost in the tree post. So, 
then the batty bat will try and scare humans away from sleeping near the post that it lives in. But if they don't listen and they're like, fuck you, I'm going to sleep where I want to, Mm -hmm. then the batty bat transforms into, you know, back into, like, this big, like, ugly, giant woman Mm -hmm. um, and will will attack the person. So it sits on the person's chest Mm -hmm. until they suffocate. (laughs) Look. No. Some it people, gets the job done. Some people wouldn't mind going out that way. <laughs> so how bad is this batty bet? I can't. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So to ward off the batty bat, basically you're supposed to, like when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. if you bite your thumb or wiggle your toes. It will essentially, like, wake you up. Oh. And so then the batty bat will go away. So you have to wiggle your toes while you sleep? I think so. Look, I don't know. No. <laughs> you Basically, look, this is what I know from watching Sabrina. Because in one episode, <laughs> there's a batty bat <laughs> that she unleashes from this, like, puzzle box. Mm-hmm. So... It puts every, the batty bat in the show, mm-hmm. um, puts everyone to sleep mm-hmm. and then like goes into each of their nightmares oh. and tries to kill them that way. And the only way they can like escape it mm-hmm. is to wake up. Oh. So okay. I suppose you could do any number of things to wake yourself up, but what thumb. Wikipedia told me to do was wiggle <laughs> your feet or <laughs> bite your thumb. Okay. Um, you could probably pinch yourself also. Okay. Throw some cold water on yourself. And you, well, I suppose you can't really do that in your sleep. <laughs> Look, I don't know. You just got to wake up. Moral of the story. Look, copy and paste. Sage, <laughs> I used Wikipedia as my source. <laughs> so deal with it. All right. And that's the batty bat. So, where are we going now? Where are we going? We are going back across to Europe. We're going to Germany. Because Germany has all sorts of great, Mm -hmm. great creatures. Weird, weird shit to scare children. (laughs) That's where Krampus is. (laughs) Hallo, Deutschland. (laughs) (laughs) We do have some listeners from Germany. Last I checked. We have two or three, I think. Alf Gates. Alf Gates. Ish. Been good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beer. <laughs> That's the extent. I just I forgot. Schadenfreude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Schmetterling. <laughs> I'm just going to list all the German words we can think of between us. Listen, I said I'm good. In German, and yeah. I think I did it grammatically incorrect, and I just really, that's gonna, that's gonna harp on me all day. No, I think you did it right. No, because you don't say, you don't use am in that way. Oh, yeah. So you'd be like, ich bin müde, which I'm tired. Yeah. But you wouldn't say, ich bin. Yeah. Good. You'd say, you'd say something. I don't know. Mm. I say I speak German, but I'm a fraud. Fr- Look, Danny, 
took Spanish for four years and gave me a crash course after we went to see in the Heights the other night and was like <laughs> explaining verb tenses to me. And I was like, shit, I got nothing. I took German for two years. <laughs> I remember Schreibtisch. Hey, that's good. And uh, Rodier Gumi, which is eraser. <laughs> eraser. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a fun word. Zeth took Spanish, and the first time we listened to In the Heights together, mm-hmm. the the first, like, kind of Spanish word that uh-huh. I... It, she says... He says escuela. Uh-huh. And Zeth was like, that means school. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. I didn't know that. Look, there were a lo- there was a lot of things that I was like, I get this because of context, but mm-hmm. otherwise, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where are we? We're in Germany. We're in Germany. Mm. Okay, so in Germany, we will find the Bush Grossmutter. What does that mean? Bush Grandma. That's right. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> the Grandma Bush. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the look on Danny's face just now. Her eyes got real big. <laughs> She draws the line at <laughs> she sure Grandmother does. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so the Bush Grossmutter is a forest spirit living. Oh, um, look, there's no comma where there should be. Okay, she's a forest spirit mm-hmm. who lives in the deepest woods and only shows herself to humans once every hundred years. Mm. Which, it's like, you know, it's like the Haley Bop Comet. Like, yeah. it's only coming by once a lifetime, <laughs> if that. Uh, she is as old as the hills. Her appearance, she's like a small, like, squat, little wrinkly, ugly old woman. Mm-hmm. She has big staring eyes and is sometimes said to have an iron head. What does that mean? I don't know. It's just really heavy. <laughs> well, it says it, that's a typical demonic feature, um, which I don't, like, is it made of iron? Because that would be really heavy. Yeah. And she'd have to, like, drag it, it along behind. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Her <laughs> neck would she's break. Like, and she... She's all like, Ugh. <laughs> She doesn't have a neck. Her head just sits, like, on top of her shoulders. Yeah. Or, like, slowly has been sinking in over Gross. the Gross. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> It's almost inside her chest cavity. <laughs> Gross. It's almost by her grandma bush. <laughs> I can't. Oh, gosh. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. We'll make it through this. I promise everyone. Is it Christina, the one who said to you at work that one of us sounds like an old man when they laugh? And she's talking about me. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. Because I, you laugh, you sound like an old man. When I laugh, I sound like I'm in pain or you don't hear anything from me. That's right. Uh, okay. Where? Um, iron head. Okay. The Bush Grossmutter's hair is long. It's white as snow. But it's also messy and full of lice. Ew. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> um, her feet are overgrown with moss. Mm. And she walks with, like, a big gnarled walking stick. Mm-hmm. 
in it says in a wavering manner, which makes me. <laughs> She's drunk. She's just super loaded <laughs> with her big stick. She's like, come here. <laughs> just, just let me. Just, you take care of this mess. <laughs> Which is great. Okay. She also apparently wears an apron. I don't know what else she wears, but she has an apron <laughs> that's like tied up. So it looks like she's carrying something in it. Okay. I don't know. And she carries a basket on her back, which is a big thing in Germany. Everyone's carrying wicker baskets, probably for children. I I like... <laughs> I went to a market once in London, and there uh-huh. was a person who had a wicker backpack. Uh-huh. And just had a bunch of, like, bread and flowers on there. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, romantic. I love that. <laughs> it's That's... either super creepy. Uh-huh. Or, like, goals. Or... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. So the Bush Grossmutter manifests herself only in specific, like, natural phenomena, right? Mm. So when the mountains are all, like, foggy and stuff, it's, it's supposedly because she's cooking. Mm. And then, like, when there's big, like, rainstorms that come in and it's kind of, like, like the mountains are kind of socked in with, like, clouds mm-hmm. and rain and hail and stuff... Uh, that's apparently when she comes out and shows herself and climbs over that mountain. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it's a shitty time to travel, but I guess <laughs> if you don't want to be seen, that's good enough. It's a good time to go. Yeah. So she's usually like, you know, she's like anyone. She's pretty ambivalent to most <laughs> things in life. <laughs> she's like, meh, whatevs. But she also can be, like, really nice mm-hmm. or really mean. And so sometimes she'll ask people to, like, comb her hair mm-hmm. and get all the lice out of it, mm. which is, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. it at all. I don't like bugs. I don't like anything that creepy crawlies. Mm-hmm. So that would be a hard thing. That's but anyway, so those who help her are rewarded with one of two things, either a never-ending ball of yarn Okay, that could be good Which if you're could knitting. Be very, you know, yarn is fucking expensive, especially if it's nice yarn. Yeah. Um, I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> or she'll give you, like, a handful of yellow leaves. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't throw them away, but you actually, like, keep them, they'll turn into gold. Oh. Gold so, leaf. you know, yarn, gold. Mm-hmm. If you're good at knitting and you start, like, an Etsy store... Yes. ...and you never run out of yarn... Uh-huh. That's 100% profits right there. Sure you have to buy no overhead. <laughs> <laughs> so it could turn into gold, if you know what I'm saying. It's, it's true. It is true. So, let's see. She'll... When you're... when If you do, like, clean her hair out mm-hmm. and, like, brush it out, it can be very difficult mm-hmm. because her head... Her iron head yeah. is apparently as cold as ice, and it can actually like freeze the people who are help, like the people who are doing her hair, mm-hmm. just freeze them solid, Ugh. which is weird. I don't That's like that gross at all. To think about, uh-huh. uh huh. When she is like sneered at, from, mm-hmm. you know, people, are like, she takes revenge by breathing on them, which will result in it says illnesses, most commonly a rash. Okay. But a lot of illnesses start out as a rash. Like, mm-hmm. you can die from typhoid. Scarlet fever. And scarlet fever. And those both start with a rash. So. 
I don't know. She's giving people diseases, which is not great. (laughs) That's not cool. Um, Also, sometimes she'll just sit on them, which (laughs) leads to negative effects as well. (laughs) Way to be vague, Wikipedia. (laughs) Sometimes she's just simply evil, like I said. And sometimes she attacks children when they're children when they're picking berries and she'll steal the milk of herdsmen's cows. Oh. So basically she's just used to scare children and keep them out of the forest. (laughs) (laughs) Which seems accurate. Yeah. That's because there's wolves and bears and shit. Yeah. Kids should not be in forests. It's a true story. Unless supervised. Indeed. Thank you for that PSA about child safety. That's my parenting tip. (laughs) I'm not a parent. That's what we're... Every episode, we're going to be handing out parenting tips from fucking amateurs. (laughs) Don't know what we're talking about. Okay. So we're leaving Germany. And we are now going to the Yucatan. The Yucatan? Yeah. So, like, Mexico, Central America. It's just... Mm -hmm. It's kind of that whole, like... Yeah. Strip. Even into South America. So... This is the parasola, which means one foot. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, uh, the parasola is one of many myths in South and Central American folklore about female monsters who live in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she only appears to men, and she appears to them when they think about women, which seemingly is just all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she appears in the form of a beautiful and seductive woman, often in the likeness of a loved one, and she lures men away from their companions, like, deeper into the jungle. That's where the Patasola reveals her true hideous appearance as a one-legged creature with ferocious vampire-like lust for human flesh and blood. And that is where she attacks and devours the blood of her victims. Gross. Super gross. <laughs> Exsanguination. <laughs> That's scary. Everybody thinks so. <laughs> um, it, so ba- the Patasola is, like you said, it's one of the many iterations mm-hmm. of a vampire legend. According to popular belief, she inhabits mountain ranges, forests, and like heavily like wooded rainforesty areas um, at the edges of these places and primarily at night is where she hunts for like hunters and loggers, animal herders, etc. Um, she will also to help get them in her trap. Basically she'll interfere with like their daily activities. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll knock down trees or like block block areas where they're trying to go so they have to like detour Mm -hmm. she'll disorient them and will throw hunting dogs off of their scent and send them in a different direction she's usually regarded as protective of nature and the forest animals and is unforgiving when humans enter their like domains so she fucking watch she's pissed yeah (laughs) super pissed right now I believe she's just on a rampage. Probably. That's what I think. Like I said, she's po- she's believed to only have one leg. Mm-hmm. Um, which apparently ends in a 
pig or like a goat hoof, mm-hmm. which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> so I, she, I mean, she clearly walks on it, but mm-hmm. maybe she like, it's a hop, maybe mm-hmm. motion. Mm-hmm. It's forward. She, but maybe she floats. Uh, yeah. I don't know. She's apparently really fast though. It could be the two. No! (laughs) (laughs) I just really like the idea of those hooves just like splitting apart. God, that makes me so uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know in um, The Emperor's New Groove, when he finds out he's a llama (laughs) and he like hits his hooves together? That's what I imagine is just scurrying across. Just instead of just a hoof, like one hard immobile like thing Mm -hmm. they move independently of each other yeah that makes me the most uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) that's how she gets around gross (laughs) they must move so fast yeah those little warp speed (laughs) (laughs) she's like the bionic woman (laughs) bionic toes gross um, so, despite only possessing one leg, she can move very swiftly through the jungle. <laughs> She's also described as only having one breast, big bulging eyes, cat-like fangs, hooked nose, big lips, and, oh, and, I'm, look, I don't know what this means. <laughs> it says, and cookie-like hair. Cookie? It smells like Vanilla. That's pleasant. That is love. <laughs> That's probably the only nice thing about Cookie. her. Cookie-like hair. Brittle? Chewy? Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't describe hair as chewy. That made me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That's how I felt about your independently moving hooves. <laughs> um... Look, I don't know what yeah, that I don't means. Know. All right. She can also metamorphose into different shapes and appearances. Aside from looking like a beautiful woman and, like, her super scary, big, bulgy eyes, one-boobed monster, (laughs) (laughs) she apparently can also transform into other animals, like a cow or a black dog. Ooh, black dog. Which is a bad omen. Yeah. So, if you're anywhere near the jungle, you see either of those things, or a beautiful woman who looks like someone you know, just (laughs) turn around head on out of there. If you even just see one titty... (laughs) <laughs> run <laughs> what's that is that a flower no that's a nipple just one though it's a nipple you gotta get out of there gtfo <clears throat> all right <laughs> this is ridiculous uh i love it okay so the last one uh we're going to japan because tell Hello, you japan. what japan china and thailand so many good ghosts and monsters, mm-hmm. and they're just so many to choose from. Yeah. This I just like because it's also, I've seen it before. Okay. So this is the Kuchi, Kuchi Sake Ona, mm-hmm. I think is how you say it, which is the slit mouthed woman. Mm hmm. She is a malevolent figure in Japanese urban legends and folklore. She is a malicious spirit of a woman. So you can identify one (laughs) because she partially covers her face with a mask 
or like a fan or a handkerchief and mm-hmm. also carries some sort of sharp instrument. Mm-hmm. So a scissors, a knife, a machete. Box cutter. Box cutter. Your nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how you can identify them. Um, according to popular legend, she will approach you and ask if you think she's attractive. And if you respond no, mm-hmm. she'll kill you with her scissors or knife or box cutter. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say yes, she will then, like, move her mask or her fan mm-hmm. and will reveal her mouth that has the corners slit all the way f- all the way up to your ears. Ooh. Yeah, this is super creepy. It makes me <laughs> so freaked out. And then she'll ask you again if you think she's pretty. If you say no, she'll also kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you say yes, she'll cut the corners of your mouth in the same way that hers are. Mm-hmm. So... It's not... <laughs> can't really get out of this situation. It's a lose-lose situation. When I was when I was doing my research, mm-hmm. my research on it, Wikipedia, <laughs> there is a, like a flowchart. <laughs> <laughs> like, first question, answer no, dead. Answer mm-hmm. yes, new question. <laughs> You've made it through step one. <laughs> Same question. No, you're dead. Yes, face is all dismembered and mangled so not great but here's some helpful tips Mm -hmm. to help you survive an encounter with the kuchisaka ono please tell me okay so you can when she asks if you think she's pretty Mm -hmm. you your response should not be yes or no you should say average Which will leave her fucking shook. (laughs) And then you have time to, like, skedaddle and get out of there. Mm -hmm. Or you can also just not answer her question and distract her by throwing money, hard candies, (laughs) or saying the word pomade three times. That's not real. (laughs) Remember yesterday when we were talking about just random bullshit that people like to put in to these mm-hmm. things. So, yes, that's a thing, obviously, <laughs> right? But also, I was like, when I read pomade, I was like, oh, maybe that's a Japanese word that I don't know that means something. No, it's not. It's just pom like hair product. Like you just yell, pomade, pomade, pomade. And then she's like, what the fuck is going on? And then again, you can run away. That and person escape. who edited that Wikipedia page just wants people to die. <laughs> Like, you're just going to yell pomade, pomade, pomade at her, and she's going to be like, bitch, and? Am I pretty or not? Dead. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, that's... That's that. That's how you survive. What if you answered her question with a question? Or her question with a question? Like Like a sphinx? Yeah. I don't know. So if she was like, am I pretty? And you were like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> what, would, what would she have to do? <laughs> Am I pretty? What is beauty? <laughs> Just throw something real fucking philosophical at her. She'd be like, oh, I need to go evaluate. <laughs> or just a simple, like, why are you asking? Exactly. 
This <laughs> I feel Am I like- pretty? I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. It was. It was. Look, I went down a real big, real deep rabbit hole when I did that research because I was like, ooh, what's this? What's this? And then I went to bed at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, Thursday's going to be rough. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was, that was our kickoff episode for October. Yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. Follow us. If hold, let's segue. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe. Solid. Um, wherever you're listening, mm-hmm. and tell us what you're thinking. You can go ahead and send us an email. Let us know if you have spooky, creepy stories that you want to share with us. We'd love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can oh. Go. There you go. You can follow us on Twitter at Broads Got Moxie. That's right. <laughs> and then you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at That Broads Got Moxie. Perfect. That's right. Go do it. Yeah. Happy spooky October. Yeah. Okay. Spooky <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.